Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball. Co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and Chris covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you could catch us wherever you catch your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and also at TalkingRivals.com. And you could also catch us on SportsWire Radio, and that's at SportsCenarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager, Thomas Bryce, on Twitter at Thomas Bryce 2017. And you could also follow our show, Talking Rivals, on Twitter at Talking Rivals. So, Patrick, another week, another bunch of losses for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the standings and uh, things are starting to tighten up in, in the division. You guys ended the week on a good note, at least. Salvage a game. Red Sox were hot, won five in a row. And it's almost, if the Red Sox win today, every team's over 500 again in the AL East. So I'll be positive for now. Hey, you guys you guys have won seven out of the last 10, I think. And you're, yeah. what, seven and a half out. You're still, we're, still in we're, it. <laughs> they're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right no. there. Yeah. Right, right there. But I think the biggest thing is the Yankees. <laughs> it's their their winning percentage. They're dipped under six hundred now. Yeah, which For a while they were about seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just it's just the, the the lack of hitting, consistent hitting. Uh, there's uh, no hitting. I mean, yeah. they just. I mean, there's games where it's this Tampa series was like Judge. That was it. You know, it was it was it's embarrassing at this point. I mean, when you look at it, they were at the first at the end of the first half, they were 64 and 28. Right. Which is a 696 winning percentage. So far for the second half, they were 16 and 26. Which is wow. only a 381 winning percentage, which I'm going to guess is probably the worst in the league right now. There might be somebody worse. I don't know, but there might be. But. It's more the 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 highest of highs and then the lowest of lows. I don't think I've ever seen this. Have you seen this in in a season? No, because I that think good? you guys were on pace to win 112. Something like maybe even higher at at one point. Yeah, there was talk about the 98 Yankees. Yeah, I was like, all right, slow down. <laughs> Look, I, it's yeah, it's I I I don't even know how to explain it because. Their pitching is not doing horrible, right? They're doing good enough, obviously, but it's the hitting. I, I just I know we got injuries and I get it, right? Rizzo's out again now with the back. And that's another thing too. With with Rizzo, he's got the the option, right? The two year thirty yes. dog. I wonder if with this back issue, does he does he take that option now? Because it looked like he was gonna opt out and try to cash in again, right? Yeah, I think he's gotta take the guaranteed money. Yeah, I, he would probably be the second. I don't know how you look at it, but some of the first basemen I've seen, the best one I, I thought at a free agent this offseason, it looks like is Josh Bell. Josh Bell. Yeah, he, he'll definitely get big money. Yeah, so I would think he's the number one. Probably even Rizzo with the back. Uh, if he comes back, that's the thing. I think if he comes back, you know, and does find the last two, three weeks of the season and then playoffs – I think uh, he'll probably opt out. 
I think the only way he doesn't opt out is if he comes if he doesn't come back or he comes back and he's just, you know, not himself or he's not hitting at all and right. stuff like that. But um, but anyway, I mean, right now, I mean, even with all the injuries, you gotta you gotta figure out ways to to score runs or get hits. Forget about scoring runs, just get guys on base. It's just, you know, you get in games where you're losing two one, you know, where you're getting the good pitching that that you wanted. Two one the last two games. We've lost two one and we've won two one. And yeah, if you give up two runs, up. you should you should be winning the game. Yeah. You know, it's uh you know, like we, we were talking about it last week ended with Oakland. Um the the four game series, they split the series, which was an embarrassment. I mean, that's a that's a triple A team. I mean, you gotta take all four there and you lose two out of the four. Um, and then you go to the angels. That's another, that's another team that you got to win. You know, you got to take advantage playing teams like that. And again, they can't score runs. They scored four runs. The first two games, I'm sorry. They won the first game. I'm getting the games mixed up. They lost the first game four, three Montas, you know, wasn't great. Gave up the four runs in I think six innings or five innings, but again, the offense, not there. The second game, they ended up winning seven, four. They held on. And then the last game, you lose 3-2. I mean, you've got to score more runs against Pablo Sandoval. You know what I mean? Against the, this Angels pitching. You yeah. know, and, and then you head into the Tampa series where you're like, all right, now we got to take two out of three or it's going to get really hairy here. Um, you go in up six games, right? If they sweep, they, they'll be only up three games. And then I think they're, they got a game on, game on us in the – in the loss column too. So it's, it says five, but I think they're only four back in the loss column. Yeah. Four in the loss. Yeah. And what do you do the Friday night, the first game of the series against Tampa, you get blown out nine to nothing. I mean, it was an embarrassment. What's his name? Marwin Gonzalez was pitching. So he officially does everything now um, except hit. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) and then Saturday they lost two one. And the one was thanks to Judge's home run. And then Sunday, it almost looked the same way. Judge was basically the only guy that that was hitting, and they end up winning 2-1. They held on. We were talking about it before. It was a – they got the – they got the benefit of doubt on that – on that uh, called strike three at at the end – that ended the game. It looked low. It looked outside the box, but they got a strike out of it, so – Let's take it and not complain or even talk about it. So we pretend that it didn't happen. So, hey, they ended up winning one game out of the series. Um, we did lose Benintendi. Uh, yeah, but, how serious is that injury? Um, he said he's been – he's had it before and he's been back in like two weeks. Okay. So, but listen, who knows? Um, again, if he comes back before the playoffs start, then that's, that's great, you know, because that's a lefty bat gold glove out in left field because he's made some nice plays he was just getting it seemed like he was just starting to get comfortable with us now the last week or two um he was getting some hits so but um that's another blow to us but any i hate using the injuries as an excuse you know because it is you know like because every team deals with it. every team deals with injuries you guys deal with it every yeah. team from top to bottom right but you gotta you gotta figure out ways to score runs you can't lose two one you know three two four three every week or get three hits a game you know is it just as simple as just not good at bats just not situational 
emotional hitting, just getting too antsy or yeah, because well, it would be one thing if, like you said, they had runners on base like they did at the start of the year. And even then it was feast or famine, a lot of home runs. Right. And you've been saying for a while that even the bottom third of the order has not been doing much, you know, for a lot of the year. Right. At least three starters. And now it seems like the whole team's catching up to that. Yeah, I, I think it's just like a combination of everything you said. It's, it's a little bit of everything. You know, now and now it's and it just gets every game that you're not hitting, everything just gets worse and worse. The pressure gets worse now. Because now it was like, all right, we're up 15 games. All right, we're up 10 games. Okay, we're still up nine games. We're still up seven games. Now it's only five. You know, now it's like, okay, now we're getting now that on top of the no hitting and another injury to Benintendi, all this pressure is adding up and adding up. And this is where the I keep talking about it, but this is where like your leadership void shows because this is when you like you you sit down with your team as a captain or the team leader and just says, all right, you know what? We can't sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, our two best two, this guy's gotten hurt. This guy's got, we can't use that as an excuse. Now it's time to figure it out. Like every other team does when they, when they get injuries, figure it out and win games. That's what you got to do. You just got to win games, get through it. And hopefully, and I'm sure this is what the Yankees are hoping for that Rizzo comes back. Ben Intendi comes back. Bader is supposed to start a rehab, I think, on the 13th. So with all these guys coming back and Seve for the pitching and a couple of the bullpen arms like Efres again, he's going to return. If these guys return by the playoffs, then, okay, we got a full squad and this is we got as good chance as anybody, right, to win in the playoffs. But my thing is, yeah, it's great, but you got to get some kind of momentum going before the playoffs because this team – has not shown that they could do it in the playoffs. You know, if you were a veteran team that's won, like, use Boston, right? Boston recently won a World Series a couple of years ago. So they could, you know, if they got hot right now, if they got hot and got into the playoffs somehow as a wild card, that would be a dangerous team because they've got a winning pedigree. They're, They're there. Managers won it. A few of their players have won it. They could do it. The Yankees don't have that. They're still trying to prove that they're this great Yankee franchise, which we haven't seen a championship since 09. So um, this is a team that can't just switch on. Okay. No, you can't you don't want to just rely on just flipping the switch. Right. The and they don't have in, a switch. <laughs> yeah. You want to go in with a good head of steam, and some series wins in your, in your back pocket, everybody healthy and just go for it. Yeah, so uh, uh, they did bring up the great news was they did bring up Peraza, um, their their great prospect, their shortstop prospect from Triple A. He was having a good uh, last couple of months. We've been talking about it. They should bring him up. They got nothing to lose, and finally bring him up. And they really haven't used him much. And looking at today's lineup, that's another joke. But um, it's it's incredible. Like now you got these young kids up, use them. You know, like today's yeah, lineup is a joke. What's the thinking there? Bringing him up and not playing him. I, I guess. All right. He didn't look great uh, with the bat the couple of times he's played so far. 
But I mean, the guy just came up. You got to let him, you know, kind of settle in as, you know, it's his first games. He's a kid. But I guess they think IKF gives him our the best shot to win games. Um, you know, you got Marwin Gonzalez at first base. I get that because now DJ looks, he looks like he's hurt out there. I mean, he's he's been doing nothing since he came back from the injury, injured list. Um, so maybe they want to give him an extra day off or something. Um, but, um, you know, you got, you're putting, I, I think any game that the Yankees win with Marwin Gonzalez as a starting player, <laughs> I, you just tip your cap. I, I don't, I get it with injuries and yeah. shuffling lineups and, but I, I think if you bring these guys up, it's to play them. I don't see the. And I, I just don't get it. Bringing them up and not playing them, but then Volpe moves up to Triple A, so it's another step closer in that process with that prospect too. Yeah, and at this point, I know that, and and now the only thing you could point to or blame to is you got to blame Cashman because he's the guy that put this roster together. He's the one that pieced it all together. And he gave it to Boone and said, here, do your best with it. And he did his best for the first three months of the year, you know, the season. But now that there's injuries and and the guys are just all slumping at the same time and whatever moves they made at the All-Star break hasn't really clicked at all. It's just actually done the opposite. I, I mean, now that you got to start having a conversation, I think today in The Athletic, uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, wrote an article about, the Yankees might have to make that decision now to think about not bringing back Cashman for next year. Now, every Yankee fan, I'm going to guess, would be ecstatic if that happens, would be very happy, you know, to clean house. And I think I would be, too, because I, I know he's been I know he's had a winning record or the Yankees have had a winning record since 93, 94, whatever it's been, almost 30 years now. Um, but one World Series championship since the subway series in 2000 only one that was yeah, in 2009 yeah no i mean if you're a different fan base and you hear yankee fans complaining you would say well you guys are over 500 every year you're you know you're in the playoffs you're doing this you're doing that but that's it's apples and oranges if if your goal is a championship which it should be as the yankee it's it's unacceptable the last decade. I don't know if that is anymore. I don't feel that urgency anymore on that team to win a championship. I really don't. I don't feel it. Like they might say it, you know. It's not the expectation. Them. Yeah, I I think it, it. They might say it in the off season. Like, yeah, our our goal is to win a World Series every single season. I I feel you know they might say it, but I don't feel it like I used to. When right. I think there's a different. There's a different mentality. Just looking at it from afar, it was always the Yankees were the exception, not the rule. They were kind of the one team that could always say, we're going to expect to win and we're going to do everything possible. And we're, and that's the, and that's the level that we hold ourselves to. And look, I didn't like the Yankees, but you respect that because they always put out, a quality product and the team this year it's been up and down like you said but it's been 
I think it goes back to leadership. Yeah. Because it's, I'm trying to think, I was going to ask you what, what version of this team this year are they? Are they the first three months? Are they the last two months? Or is it the third option? Let's see what they do in September. Well, I think we're going to have to it's, hope for that. Maybe it's in between. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I don't, And I don't know what the in-between is. The in-between in could be really good, but not as good as the first three months. Or it could be not so good and closer to what we've seen, right, the last couple of months. Right. And that's that's the part that it looks like it's going to be that way, even if, like, and that's with, you know, best case scenario, Rizzo comes back and he's fine the rest of the way. You know, his back won't bother him. DJ comes back. He'll be fine. You know, we're asking a lot. Bader comes back and he gives us something that Cashman thought he was going to get when he first acquired him, right? So, and, you know, the bullpen arms, I'm not, oh my God, you know, like if they don't, if Efres doesn't come back, I don't think that's going to be the, the, the tipping point of getting to the World Series or not. It'd be great to have that arm in the bullpen without a doubt, you know. Uh, I think it's a lefty bat. It either needs to yeah. be Rizzo or um, Benintendi. Yeah. Or both. I mean, for Yankee both. fans. Yeah, both, both of them coming great. back and being at full strength. They both played in the postseason. They both won. They both give you good at-bats. And they balance out the lineup. Absolutely. And I I, and I, other- I think it goes back to what you were talking about, though, the leadership, and the expectations. And there's a difference between saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to do everything we can to win. And we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Right. Compared to what it used to be. When you played the Yankees, you knew it used to be. That's it. Like, we know they're going to put out a great product and their expectations to win it all. And now it just seems like, well, we'll get to the postseason and see what happens. And another key, I think, on top of what you're saying, because you're 100% correct, another key is Stanton has to get going. Yes. He is such a big key because he protects Judge in that lineup. You know, I don't know why or how a team is pitching to Judge at this point. I would not. I would. I'd actually intentionally walk him every time he's up. But I don't know how he's getting any pitch to hit. You know, I think O'Neill said during the Tampa series, he goes, he's getting like a pitch per at bat to hit. And that's it. And he's making the most of it. Yeah, he is. Which he's on pace for 64. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's amazing how a team is even pitching to him. Like with this lineup today, I mean, how would you why would you even pitch to him? You have Stanton, who who looks totally lost at the plate at this point. Donaldson looks like he's finished as a baseball player, to be honest, hitting behind him. So yeah, I'm I'm just spinning a couple of things in the dirt, out low and outside to judge. Yeah, if he bites, he bites. If he doesn't, That's next it. man up. Yeah, but then that also on on the other hand. That that's also gonna force Judge to swing out of the zone because he knows yep. the guy behind me ain't gonna do nothing, you know. So I got to do something wants his team, you know. So it, it's it's definitely a whole domino effect, right? And yep. that's that's the sad part. Um, it is what it is at this point. Um, so anyway, Yankees are 
five games up at this point as we're talking going into this. Yeah, and look, it's not it's doom and gloom. Yeah, territory. It's time to get concerned, but it's you. You're still. I I I guess it's easy for me to say that to to a Yankee fan because I don't have skin in the game. So I'm like, you guys are still in first place. And then a Yankee fan can say it to me. Well, you guys are only seven and a half out. Right. So <laughs> it's like opposite ends, but it's a similar conversation because the Red Sox are doing just enough to keep me invested. They uh, they go to Minnesota, and I was saying off the air, I don't I don't understand how Minnesota's in first place. Minnesota, if you did a you know fill in the blank sentence, the Minnesota Twins this year are a it would not end with first place team. That would not be my first choice. No, but you, that whole division, right? I mean, yeah, if, the, and... if the Red Sox, and I know it's, again, it's, you can't do it. It's like injuries. But if the Red Sox were in the Central, they would be like three and a half out of first place. Yeah. And now they're 13 and a half out in the AL East. So, but they went to Minnesota and they lost the first two out of three. I mean, other than Correa, who's not really having that great of a year. I think he's got 16 home runs. He's batting the mid to high 200s. I think he was batting 270. I mean, he's having a, a good year, but not a almost $40 million a year a year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you should be and getting that, more that team. I mean, they have some decent pieces that Yankee fans would know, Sanchez, Urshela, but there's a lot of holes in that lineup, and they lost 4-2 on Monday. The Red Sox lost on Tuesday 10-5. to And just when I'm about to say, you know, that's it. That's the final nail in the coffin. You're going to get swept in Minnesota. Uh, they win a 6-5 game on Wednesday, and they have a day off. Uh, no, not a day off. They come home, excuse me. And I think it's the best win of the year, possibly, on Thursday uh, against, look, it's against Texas, so it is what it is. <laughs> but it was a 9-8 game that they won, and I think they scored six runs in the final two innings. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, was it the most important win? It's hard to say when you're a team that's right now outside looking in. But, I mean, this had the hallmarks of if Minnesota wasn't the final nail in the coffin, this game could have been because if you start losing to the Rangers, you know, the score was eight, eight to eight to two. And they showed no life. And all of a sudden you get hits from all sorts of players, you know, the fourth walk off of the season, ref Snyder, you know, getting a game-winning hit, Jerry's familia getting the win. I mean, if any Red Sox fan saw that combination happening at the start of the year, I I would I would like to see the odds on that. Mm-hmm. And it's just they they start to show signs of the team that I thought they would be at the start of the year, which is what makes it so frustrating to follow this team. Because it's it's like two steps back, a step and a half forward, and then another step back, and 
it's not just it can't be just injuries. It, it there's there's more to it with this team. The the roster makeup, the I don't think it's a lack of leadership like the Yankees. I think there are leaders there. Xander Bogarts, Verdugo's got the pulse of the team. Devers, just by the way he plays. <clears throat> um, but I I don't I mean the lack of consistent pitching, I think, is what hurts them. Is they just after the nine eight win, they win nine to one and things start happening and you know right as I thought they would go, you know, 10 games under 500. Now they're fighting back to 500. And, but some of these games are just, you know, even the wins are grind them out. You got out slug team to you getting three innings from your starter. It's just not sustainable. And right. With a weak bullpen to begin with, you can't, you can't have Chris Sale go down. You can't have Ovaldi be a shell of himself. And expect Nick Pavetta, Winkowski, Bello. I mean, these are Bello is the bright spot right now, Ryan Bello. And he's got a like a six ERA. That that's <laughs> where the Red Sox are. They're they're playing for the future. But he, he did pitch well, right? This week. Pitched well. He got his he got the first one of the year, five three win on Saturday. It is the analytics say his ERA should be about half of what it is. And he's got electric stuff, which, you know, 98 with ease, sinker, change up. And, and he's young. He's controllable. He's a, he's a good young pitcher. But I think the biggest thing from this past week was Tristan Cassis getting called up and, and playing right away. Put him in there as a sixth hitter, first base, in his first game on Sunday in a 5-2 win. He gets his first hit, so he gets that out of the way. But the bigger thing was he made a couple of nice plays defensively. He's um he's a big guy. He's like 6'6", 250. Right. So he has the natural range to get the things. And he's got good hands, and he just made a couple of nice defensive plays that were, to me, more important than his at-bats. Because the at-bats, you're going to press. You're going to be like a – deer in the headlights your first couple of games and um you know between bellow and cassis that's two top five prospects that are up in the big leagues contributing and that's what i want to see this last month of the year is players that are going to be there for next year right and, and that, i was going to say with with cassis like obviously he's at first but going into the offseason we all we've been talking about. It. You got Devers. Are they going to lock him up? And then you got Bogarts. Like, how is this all going to mix in? Do you think there's going to be a trade? Do you think Bogarts is going to go? Like, how do you feel? I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm doing the convincing myself that Bogarts is not back as a Red Sox. Sadly, uh, I think Devers stays at third for half. I think they resign. They extend Devers. They lose Bogarts. They might move Story over to shortstop and just kind of – I think Devers sees half of a contract if he gets extended by the Red Sox out as a third baseman. And then uh, the other half is a DH. Mm. But if – again, this team is 
everything has to click. Everybody has to be healthy. Everybody has to play up to their potential. And even then, they're a wild card team. That's what I thought at the start of the year. Neither of those things have happened, and this is what you get. Well, so especially there's a wide gap between being a wild card team and being last place in the division. And this division is now it's going to be super tough now because now you got no easy easy team because no, Baltimore no, now is yeah. There's no goal Baltimore's only going to get better. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a team that's only going to get better. Toronto, they'll they'll be just as good. Tampa, whoever the hell they put on their on their team ends up to be a good team, right? I, I like. I like can see Tampa starting to. I can see Tampa and Baltimore starting to level out as far as Baltimore reaching or trying to emulate what Tampa's doing and Tampa taking a step back. I don't know when Tampa takes a step back, but. And I wouldn't bet on it, but. No, but I'd see Baltimore get. I mean, not this year getting better. I think. I mean, they could get better this year, but I, I, I think they're going to level out, like you said. But. This offseason is a big offseason for them because now that they, okay, look, this is what we could do. Is this going to be enough to attract yes. free agents, right? Because yep. before this year, nobody wanted to play in Baltimore, right? Now they they put the big wall in left field. Yeah, they got to <laughs> get some pitching. Yeah, so maybe maybe that that's what we'll see this offseason. I don't know if they'll attract, you know, maybe they have to make a trade or two because they obviously got a great farm system. I mean, every guy they're bringing up is, you know, is doing great for them. So. Um, yeah, they're bringing up just not like, you know, oh, a nice bench piece or right. a nice fourth starter. They're bringing up top prospects, and they're all playing well. Yeah. So, um, But the Red Sox, it's just there's, there's, a, there's a big gap between what their potential is and what they're playing at. And um, this right now, this last month, I think it's just got to you got to go into the mode of look at your young players that are going to be a part of your long-term future. Don't give up on the season, but just play spoiler and see if that can kind of say to yourself like this next week that they're playing at Tampa and not Baltimore. Okay. So right there, you can play spoiler to both teams. And in the process, if you sweep one of them, you're right back in to see if that can get some momentum going. But I think it's more about waiting until next year to get Bellow some more innings, to get Cassis his at-bats, right. to get his firsts out of the way this right. year, get the first home run out of the way, get the first hit, get him used to big league pitching, and then – Next year, this team is going to be completely different because J.D. Martinez is not coming back. He kind of looks like he's he's fading too. Yeah. Right? He's fading quickly. Yeah. I don't think Bogarts is back. I don't think Evaldi is back. You don't know what you get with Sale. Um, Yeah, so there's going to be major changes. But the biggest things are Bello and Cassis right now, two young guys – if if they reach their potential, you get a. I mean, Cassis. They, I saw it when he was playing in um, in the Olympics for Team USA. Yeah, he was like their team MVP. If he can play yeah, up to that up. level, you got something. So, oh, I agree. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting 
month for sure. But that's I, that kind of takes me into my next question for both of us, both of our teams. What is what's the most pressing question that the Yankees need to answer for the rest of the year? Is it getting healthy, getting more consistent, having someone other than Judge <laughs> stepping up? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, <laughs> definitely. The health, without a doubt, they got to get healthy. You got to get Rizzo back. DJ, two key guys in that lineup. Um, they got to get Stanton going because he's a guy that once he gets going, you could see he, he does carry a team. Like, he's that kind of a player. But we have not seen that yet since he since he returned from the uh, IL. Um, so, and I'm hoping that this is going to be his first game, her first home game today since uh the all-star break right he's been out since then so i'm i'm kind of um i'm hoping maybe being at home maybe that gets him going somehow um and being consistent they got to get no matter what lineup they put out there you got to be consistent i mean that's the other thing the lineup should be more consistent as well you know they gotta i i know with all the injuries it's hard to get a consistent lineup but they gotta try to stick to something um, batting judge lead off, he had a home run yesterday, batting lead off, but solo home runs don't do much for you. Um, I actually prefer him batting third, you know, getting a couple of guys, hopefully in front of him, excuse me, to get on base, but nobody's hitting. So it makes sense not to put anybody in front of him, but yeah, that's the I thing. Mean, I, yeah. I, a little bit of everything you said is right. I, I just think it would be, uh, it'd be unfortunate as a Yankee fan to see, somebody like Marwin Gonzalez or Tim LaCastro getting any at-bats anywhere near the postseason. Right. And here's the the worst part. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Like earlier on, it, it was, I didn't think about it, but I'm thinking about it now. Imagine having a guy like Judge have the season that he's having, which is going to be a season that he may not have again for the rest of his career, right? I mean, whoever signs him in the offseason is going to hope that he has a season like this again but we may not see another 60 plus season from him ever. He's having a career year, a season that's one for the ages. He's one of only, I mean, I would have asked you this question, but it's, it's really easy. He's one of only three Yankees to ever have multiple 50 home run seasons as a Yankee. Right. It's just, it's him, Ruth and Mantle. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. So it's, pretty um it's pretty incredible yeah and then it, it might go to waste because this team the way they're playing now even if they hold on to the, the division and they get their first round by they're going to get knocked out in that divisional series against one of these teams coming in right whether it's seattle cleveland um somebody somebody's going to knock them out in the first round it's not we're not even going to get to that Oh my God, we we gotta we gotta get past Houston. Forget about Houston. We're not even. I I don't even think we're gonna get to Houston in the ALCS. I thought that early in the year. I I talked about that. You know, we both did. I said I don't think we. I still don't think we have enough to beat Houston in that series. We have a chance to, but now I don't even. We may not even make it to the ALCS. I thought that was a that was an automatic. I thought all right, we're definitely getting to the ALCS. None of these teams are good enough to beat us. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot is going to change in, in these next couple of weeks, right? With guys coming back from injury or not coming back um, one way or the other, right? 
Uh, Rizzo should be back at some point in the next day or two. He's got to produce when he comes back, right? Just what you're saying. A little more balance in the lineup. We got no lefty power bat in the lineup. We need that. Stanton has to bounce back. I mean, a lot has to happen, and it has to happen soon because five games is gonna could disappear real fast. And yes, and these and this next week, right? We got Minnesota. That's a team that we normally take care of, right? Um, and it's a four game series. Like you said, how are they in first place? I don't know how they are either. So I'm hoping that we take care of them. But um, and then after that, after the four games against Minnesota, we got Tampa Bay again. So Tampa could come in here and take two out of three against us or three straight and knock another game or two off this off this lead. You know, then we're talking a two or three game lead. And then Tampa we got- could easily come into that game because they're facing they're at home against the Red Sox this week. Yeah. So if they beat up on the Red Sox, which I hope doesn't happen, they could cut that lead down to a couple of games going into the series. And then the series could determine, I mean, worst case scenario for the Yankees, that could determine who's got first place. It's, and it's crazy to think that, that this soon, that that lead could have evaporated so quickly. I, yeah, I did not think this was happening ever. You know, if you, if you told me in June, that the Yankees would have a five-game lead on September, whatever we are, fifth, sixth. I would have said you're nuts. There's no way that's happening. And here we are, five games, and I think we're four in the loss loss column as well. Yeah. So I mean, it's close. This is as close as it's been since I think they said May something. I forgot what the exact day was, but it was May. Was that was the at that was our lowest? You know, this is the last time we were up five games. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's do or die in this this week. And listen, I said it last week with you guys for Boston. All right, this is their last week to really put up a fight and to get back into it. And last week they didn't, but this week, you know, this past week they got back into it. Surprisingly, they went right? seven and three in their last ten, like you said. Yeah, they won five in a row. But they put themselves, they dug themselves such a hole that right. this week they need. They need two series sweeps. Yeah. They need to go into Tampa, take three, and then go into Baltimore and take three. It's a lot. Just getting to that point where seven out of ten is not good enough. You need eight or nine out of ten. And it's I, I don't see it happening. I see them getting back to 500, doing what they've been doing, kind of flirting with 500 and then dipping below it. I'm going to say they win, even if they get hot, some of these young guys coming up and just just not knowing any better and just playing like their career depends on it. And uh, hmm. at the best, they win 85 games, I think. Yeah. I, I think that would be a solid end to the year. But Yeah, I think if they don't win at least four games out of the next six against Tampa and Baltimore, at least four. Four yeah. is like if they take two out of three and two out of three, that's pretty good. You know, I gotta say that's not two bad. Two out of three, I mean, it's on the road, so it's not bad, but it's you're not making up enough ground. No, but at least you're making up a game there, a game there. It's it's not yeah. three and three. You 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 did nothing, right? So you're still seven and a half or 
whatever it's going to be at the end of next week. Um, end of this week, I should say. So, yeah. But the big thing is you can make up you can make up spots right now. And then you got, of course, us right after that. So I think it's just plain spoiler. It's Yeah, I think so, too. You're right. I, but they could. I mean, listen, what if they ran off right now? Right. Three straight against Tampa and then they go into Baltimore. They went three straight. That would be 11 straight games. They're that right would in put it. them at 73 and 68. So that would put them five over. Say if Tampa Bay lost, obviously, if they lost the three to Boston and say they lose three to you guys, that puts them at 74 and 64. So my quick math, they're eight and a half behind Tampa right now. If that all happens, they cut that in more than half. But the time is the time is now. Right. You need Toronto to lose also, and you need that's another team you need to lose. You need it's, Toronto to lose. It might not be the games, it's just the teams in front of them, the sheer number. Right. They need they need to jump five teams to make the last wild card spot. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that doesn't happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, no, it, I know. I'm, just, I'm giving you the best case scenario here. Yeah, no, the best case scenario is they get hot and they they squeak into the playoffs, and then you never know. But it would be good just for not listen. I'm not rooting for Boston here by any stretch, but it would make things very interesting, right? If they come in and win six more in a row, so that'd be eleven straight. Imagine they won. I mean, imagine going into next week. Right. Like you said, cutting that lead in half. Now you're only out by four games. So now you're like, all right, if we have another good week, we're there. Now, I don't think this team is capable of doing that because they're like, you know, we've talked about they don't have that shutdown picture. Yeah. They're just, and they're just not consistent offensively either. Um, but I mean, Story's gotten healthy. He had a big home run recently, right. uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, but J.D. Martinez, not to get on him, but his power has just disappeared. Uh, Bogarts is recently coming back on strong, but his power isn't what it was last year. Uh, I, I think that I think you can make a case that Verdugo is having his best season, definitely in his career. And he might be having the best season of any Red Sox this year. Yeah. When you look at all the doubles he has, his average yeah. is quietly up there now. 283. Yeah. I mean, I bet. the OPS isn't as high as it should be, but he's not hitting as many home runs, but he's get, he got a career high in doubles. So, but that's a good, but, you know what? But that's a good bat in your lineup, right? He's not, yeah. not going to be a cleanup guy. So, no. But that's a guy you could put like almost anywhere in the lineup other than third or fourth. I think you could put yeah. him second, you know, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh where he is. You know, I, I think it's just last year. It seemed to be home runs this year. Those home runs from last year are turning into doubles and there's nothing wrong with it. Look, it's no, great. No. Bogarts has got 37 doubles for has got, I think, almost 40 doubles. Verdugo That's a great year. If you could put forty doubles on the on the back of your uh, oh, baseball card, that's a great year. 
I think where anything over 30 is pretty good. So um, I, I, I think those were going solid. out for home runs last year. Yeah. And yeah, I, there's just, it, just a lack of consistency. It's, it just gets frustrating because they show anytime you have, now you have an infield of your top prospect, Trevor Story, Xander Bogarts, and Devers. That's your starting infield, and you're a last-place team. Something's not right with that. Right. And it's just like you were saying with Judge. He's having a monster for the ages season, and you guys are talking about, well, if we if things don't get right in this <laughs> next week, we could be talking about the division. And think about so it something too. doesn't quite add up. And, and when you think about it too, with, with judge going into the free agency, obviously um, I'm sure the Yankees, maybe they won't say it publicly, but I'm sure they're going to come up with a better offer than what they did. Obviously they're going to raise their offer, but I don't think they're going to have the highest offer out there. And their thinking or their reasoning is why should we pay almost $40 million a year for the next eight, nine years for a player that we haven't won with. He's a great player, but obviously having a one guy doing it all for us is not going to do it. We have to spread this money around. So I think a part of their thinking is going to be, hey, we've won nothing with this guy. He's great. He's made us money and all that. But we could, we're going to sell jerseys to anybody. You know, anybody's going to buy our jersey. So whoever's name is on the back, shouldn't be a name, but... Whoever's numbers on the back is going to sell the jerseys, right? So um, I th- I wonder if their business, uh, the business side of it, not the baseball side, uh, it, or the baseball side is going to overtake the baseball uh, business side of it. And they're going to think, you know what? We've, we've had him here five, six years. He's been a great player. He's a great guy, great everything. But we haven't won with him. So why am I going to spend $40 million on a player that has not, has not given us a World Series or even come close to a World Series. So, yeah, no, I, look, I could see both sides of the argument. Right. I can. Um, I can make an which argument makes for it both. tricky. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if this is going to be played out in the papers, on websites, on Twitter, wherever. It's going to, is it going to be public or is it going to be, you know, it just comes out one day, Aaron Judge signs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's gotten public with a lot of other players. It got public yep. with Derek Jeter, right? We've seen that. If you guys seen the uh, the captain yeah, the series, that's right? where I was going with it. If, if Jeter, if they can look these when when I say lowball somebody, they're still making tons of money. But if they can say, look, this is our, we're drawing a line in the sand with Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. then Aaron Judge, to your point, you might have to he might have to take a discount to, to stay and prioritize being a Yankee for his career. Even if it's only $20 million, like some, because to your point, some team's going to offer more. Absolutely. It's like a matter Yankee. of if you, yeah. how bad does he want to be a Yankee? Somebody's definitely going to offer him more. It could be San Fran. I, I think the Cubs too. Out of nowhere, I think they're gonna they're gonna come in because they got. There's definitely gonna be a wild card. Team. Yeah, they're we always in San Francisco for a while. Um, 
I think he wants to go to the West Coast. I've been, I keep, yeah, I can see a National League team on the West Coast. But yeah, Chicago makes a lot of sense. Maybe St. Louis. There's going to be a wild card team out there that just kind of says, you know what? Here's 400 million. Yeah. It's going to happen. Maybe even, you know what? If the Angels figure out that we're better signing Judge than signing Otani to a $500 million contract. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. It, neither of us can even finish that sentence because it's yeah. like 500 yeah. million and it's what he's going to get, bro. Right. Because if, if Judge is going to get almost 40, Otani should get more because he could do both. Yeah, I say Judge, <laughs> Judge falls short of 400 million, but yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely, he bet on himself. We keep saying it, but he definitely did. And he's, he definitely made himself. I, I think it was um, Jeff Passan said it on the, the TV the other day. He says, by by doing what he did, by turning down that offer, he goes, he probably made himself $100 million this year with that, with the season that he's having right now. Yeah. Right. He went from like 250 to like 350. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen that happen, but um, this year is a, Definitely a season to be to be remembered. Like, sure. I've I've seen we've both seen guys for just you know back up the Brinks truck and just get a huge amount of money based on yeah. a career year. It was just perfect timing, right? But some of those contracts were like you know hundred million, and before that they were getting paid like ten. Million. This was an, a crazy amount of money he was going to get, and. It turned into astronomical. So I've never seen an all-star just lift his game to another level like that. And perfect timing too to cash in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um but uh yeah, it's interesting. And then, you know, just to get away from the Yankees and Red Sox for a second, we gotta appreciate what's going on with uh Albert Pujols. Yes. I mean, it's one away from tying a rod for fourth all time. I think most people are rooting for pool holes to get that. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> and to get to 700, it would be a shame if he got to like 699. Yeah, I hope he does get to 700 because we've said it before, too. It's it's not going to be something that we're going to see for a very long time. Nobody's hitting 700 home runs in the no. near future. You know, I don't see it happening. Um, even with the way the game is played, I just there's nobody that's going to come. Who do you think is the next one? Then I don't know. I, I don't. We I don't know if we have one that's playing right now. Like is is Bryce Harper going to do it? He has what three hundred? I think so. Okay, and he's what twenty eight. Uh, let's. See. He might be twenty nine. Yeah. Well, think about it. After Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. All right, so he's done. He's got five oh six. So he, even if he plays another year or two, obviously not going to get it. Nelson Cruz, he's forty one. Yeah, Bryce Harper turns thirty in the middle of October, and he's at two eighty two right now. Yeah, no, he's not getting seven hundred. No. Um, I'll say Mike Trout is thirty. He's got 339. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say that the 
the next person to hit 700 home runs is not on an active major league roster today. I think you're hundred percent correct. <laughs> because I don't, yeah, I would have thought Harper and Trout, but how about Manny? All right, I know he's not your favorite, but Manny Machado, he's twenty nine years old. He's got two seventy seven. He does play in San yeah, Diego. Of, gonna he's going to have to have a hell of a decade in his thirties. Yeah, but he's been consistent though. This guy. But what is he averaging? Thirty five a year. Thirty two. Thirty two. So, so say they, he plays 10 more years, that's 320 home runs. Right, still short. That puts him at right around 600. And that's if he puts up right. 32 home runs at age 39. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. It man. just goes back to Pujols' consistent greatness. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're nicknamed the machine, there's a reason. He was for what 11 years as a cardinal he put up close to 30 and 100 if not better every year yep and he came up early right was he 20 when he came up yes right yeah he's played 22 years he's 42 so he came up at 20 so not many guys come up at that age no you gotta well nowadays maybe julio rodriguez how old is he? he's 20 now Yes. He's 20. So, but and he's got 23 home runs. <laughs> so he's a couple away from 700. Right. So if he plays 22 seasons like Albert Pujols. <laughs> yeah. If you say if you play 22 years, you got to average quick math. You got to average 30 home runs a year for 22 seasons to get to 660. To even have a shot. Yeah. Because Pujols, even after his last. Three, four, five years have been, you know, nowhere near Your what he normally does. Just have to be like fifty a year. Yeah, you got to get a couple of those in there. You need a couple but, of big, huge years. Pujols' average is thirty-seven. Even even after these last what five years that he's been nowhere near yeah. what he was. Right, the last time he hit thirty home runs was twenty sixteen. So that was six years ago, and his average right now is still thirty-seven home runs a year. Yeah, it's so it's incredible. I yeah. mean, he's having his one of his worst years, obviously, it's at the end of his career, and he still has 16 home runs. This is average wise, it's his best season since 2014. Um, home runs, obviously, he had 17 last year, so he'll probably break yeah, that. It's but uh, with, yeah, no, this is. With what we kept on saying, with the prospects coming up younger and younger and quicker and quicker, there's definitely going to be opportunities. But what we've seen with, not to single people out, but with Tatis, with the right. injuries to Acuna. Um, and to Trout. Think about Trout. How many Trout, games he missed? With, even with Harper. Um, it's just, it's tough to combine longevity with just being peak performance during that longevity. Think about everybody. Think I about mean, Julio Rodriguez is a great player and he's right. going to be a great player, but we don't know his injuries. We don't know if he's going to be a 30 home running or a great player or if he gets to another level. Right. And he so, doesn't hit in a hit his ballpark. So that kind of hurts right. him a little bit too. 
Um, think about Trout. He hasn't had a full season since 2016. That's six years ago. Yeah, Trout's probably missed. missed his oh. share of games. He's probably missed almost just because of injury. He's he's almost like those old time ball players like Williams and people that went to war <laughs> and right. missed like three years at least because Trout's missed. I'm going to guess three full seasons. Yeah. This year he's, he's at 94 games last year. He played 36 games. 2020 was the COVID year. I think he played just about every game because he only he has 53, but 2019, 134, 2018, 140, and in 2017, 114. And before that, he yeah, had a every run. year you're picking off like yeah, like thirty you said. to fifty games, like a full season, like you said. That's, but if you add a full season onto this number, you know you're probably talking about another. His average is forty home runs a season, uh, Trout. So yeah. you had forty more, he would be at three seventy nine. Okay, probably still not going to get. I, th- I think if he was healthy and just not every day. Because you can't, I mean, you're not, we're not asking. No, but at least 140 games, 700 home runs. But but if he could play 140 games a year, right? I think he would be, to your point, like closer to 400 right now. And we could start, you know, maybe. (laughs) But like, like you said earlier about Machado, what is he going to do in that next decade, in that age 31 to 40? You know, you're going to you're going to slow down just like Pujols slow, slow down a lot. But he was right. so great the first decade of his career that it, it, he could slow everybody down. Everybody has that decade. If you're in that 700 club or 600 club, everybody has that decade where they just went off. Yeah. Whether it's at the beginning, like Pujols, or it's towards the second <clears throat> half of Bonds. It's just incredible. Yeah, you're not going to have a guy like like going back way back to Aaron, Hank Aaron was just consistent every single year. Yep. I was you know, right between 30 and 40 every single season. And he played for a long time. And that's how we got, you know, to his number. And it's something we don't see too. Even if, even if the guy is healthy, you got so many guys taking days off now, right? The maintenance days or whatever they're called, you know, it's, it is what it is now. And you know, you don't see, that's why no one's going to break Cal Ripken's record. Forget that. That's out. There's no more Iron Man. <laughs> so, no. yeah, it's just a different game. I mean, that's why a lot of these records, whether it's the home runs, offensive numbers, and we could pitching, we know none of those are being touched. So it's it's just a different game right now. Um, yeah. And the last one I'll say, Rafael Devers, is he turns 26. At the end of October, he's at 137 career home runs. Okay. Uh, he's not getting 700, I don't think. No. Even if he gets another couple this year, that means he has to hit 550 home runs in the next 15 years. You know? Real quick, what is the, what's the, yeah, the average? It's like, it's like 30. Four a year, 35 a year, right? For 15 years. I would say he's the out, he's my outside chance of anybody that's today. 
And he's just because he's been in the big leagues for five years. He's only 25. And he's he's pretty healthy. He's not an injury guy yet. You know, he's been pretty healthy for most of his seasons, right? I think one year Mm -hmm. he only played 121, but that was, I guess, his rookie year. Yes. Some of these records are, look, they're they're there for a reason. Right. And uh, and and to continue your point, going around the league, it's great seeing. I think it was his last at bat that he hit the home run, six ninety five, against uh, the Cubs. And I think that's his last at bat of the year against the Cubs, which is pretty cool with the Cardinals Cubs rivalry. Um, but the rest of the league, uh, things are starting to shape up as far as. Or tighten up in some certain situations. With the Mets, both of us thought, not at the start of the year, you thought they were what they are, a playoff team. I didn't think so. They're going to be, but it's looking like that they were walking away with the division. And now you look up and the Braves are there again, one game back. Yeah. It's... I, I didn't think that the Braves would do this again right away after last year. Especially losing Freeman. I think losing – I know they replaced him with a great player, right? We we, we get that. But and we talked good. about that one day, uh, one episode, I think, about you can replace the numbers, but there's a vacuum. There's a void Yeah. when a guy like Freeman walks out of the clubhouse. And you saw that with Acuna. Yep. With his comments, yeah, and how that right came away out too. in the public, right away that that came out. And think about it; they also had, they've had to deal with Ozuna off off the field issue. Yep, and he's still playing, right? I think he had a home run yesterday, so he's still out there. Um, but right now they're sitting one game behind the Mets, and the Mets have been good all season. They they just lost two out of three at home to the Nationals, which is that's bad. You know, you can't do that. I mean. But um, yeah, I think Atlanta. I'm going to say the Braves take take over the division and win it. Wow, that would be uh, a shock right there. I think for for me, it would be. I based on how the season is going, I just think that the the Mets might have more talent on their top two or three players, but I think from top to bottom. I think the Braves have more talent as far as the middle of that roster. Yeah, I agree. The, young, the infusion of young talent with Harris, with um, – I'm forgetting the other kid's name. Oh. Um, well, Contreras is having brought him on too, the catcher. Yep. I, I, uh, that Harris, lineup is, is good, top to bottom. Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson. They're doing all this without Albies, right? Yep, he's been out for just about the whole year, right? He got yeah. hurt very early. So, I look, I, I mean, if DeGrom and Scherzer, if they're healthy, yeah, that, that's more than enough to, to make a run in the postseason. But They have one more series against each other, too. Yeah. Three-game series. And, but 
what's going to hurt them if they don't overtake, let's say against what you're saying, let's say if they go in and beat uh, the Mets there, they sweep them. Right now, they're seven and nine against the Mets this year. So if they don't win the division, bingo. That's what you got to look at. Yep. You look at that. You look at the Phillies. Their series. Do I think they're going to run away with it? No. No, no. It'll be yeah. It'll be within a game or two either way. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close. Yeah, but they were six and six against the Phillies. You know, stuff like that. You again, you got to win in your division. You can't be. Yeah. Like that. If you're gonna if you want to win the division, you gotta win those games. And those games yeah. are, you know, four and three against Cincinnati. You know, I and I know they kind of stumbled a little bit early on, but uh they've they've definitely righted the ship again, like last year. Um, and right now they've won five straight, so they're hot. But they're on a big road trip this this week, you know, just giving you something with the uh, Braves. They go to Oakland, they go to Seattle, and they go to the Giants. So that's going to be a tough three. That is tough little trip. Eight games. Not going to be easy for them. Um, but they got to they gotta do what they got to do because the Mets have the easiest schedule, I think, the remaining – they have the easiest remaining schedule of, of any team. So um, when you look at their schedule, it's very easy. But they do have that three-game series against the Mets. So they got to stay where they are and give themselves a shot and have that series and – Maybe take two out of three there and put them in first. That might be for the division, that series. So it's going to be interesting um, the rest of the way for that division. Obviously, the uh, the National League West is a, is a joke. That one's over. Um, yeah, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's amazing League's, what the Dodgers are doing. It's crazy. You know, like everybody was talking about the Yankees, you know, They're when they were one on. game away from – having a run differential of 300. That is crazy. Yeah. Nobody is even at 200. It's, it's. And remember, look at the here. as bad as the Yankees have been the last month and a half. I don't even want to get back to them, but as bad as they, as bad as they've been the last month and a half, their run different differential is still 186. Yeah. That shows you how great they were for three months, but. Um. Yeah, they're running away with it, man. It, I mean, San Diego. They San Diego can't beat them. No, they and lost. They're still having again. a good year. I mean, thirteen games over five hundred. But to me, the biggest disappointments are San Francisco, obviously for me, Boston, and the White Sox. Those three teams. Yeah, White Sox for sure. I mean, White Sox are just. I mean, if I take off my fan cap, I could see Boston taking a step back this year. I know I picked San Francisco, so I got to own that. They're under 500. When you look at their team now in retrospect, when I look at that lineup, it's tough. Yeah. The White Sox still do not make sense. I I, It doesn't because they have talent. That's a good team. When you, on paper, I think they got easily got the best team in that division. You know, yeah. for Cleveland to be up there, it's it's amazing. I thought that's the to me that's the biggest surprise. And it seems like the only question in the National League is, does Milwaukee catch Philly? Yeah, I don't or know. Even further up. Yeah, I'm not the last sure. wild card. And I think uh, what's his name, Castellanos, just got put on the uh, IL. Yeah, and I'm not sure how serious it is, but right. And I. <laughs> 
Either way, I'm going to be wrong because I picked Milwaukee to win the pennant and I picked Philly to make the playoffs. So, all right. <laughs> but one of them, one of them's got to be right. But I mean, yeah, um, I would definitely think that one Atlanta of them is- seems like they're healthily in entrenched in a playoff spot. San Diego is right there too. Yeah, they should. Uh, but it's definitely. really Philly and Milwaukee. Yeah, and San Fran. Look at the uh, another team that's uh, surprising right now is Arizona. Right, they're only a half game behind the Giants. Yeah, I would have never thought that. Is, um, and they brought up a lot of young prospects. Yeah, recently, very recently, and what's his name has been throwing. I think he has forty-one innings, a scoreless streak. Oh, Gallon, right? Yeah, Zach yeah. Gallon. Yeah, he's been really, and he was in. Uh, what trade was that? What he did they won, get? They won eight out of the last ten. So, right. I forgot what trade he was seems to be treading water in the Nash in the wild card. Like Phillies are four and six, Milwaukee's five and five, San Diego six and four. So Arizona, not that either of us. I don't think you're saying Arizona's a playoff team, but no, but they're they can, if they can win eighty games, that's a hell of a managerial job. That's amazing. That really is an amazing, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did want to mention this because I know we've been doing on this day in baseball history. And right. for today, it's related to something we already brought up, something that I mentioned in this episode. And it was recent, within the last, within our lifetimes. What do you think happened on this day that affected all of baseball, but it happened to an American League East team? And what year was it? This was mid-90s. Mid-90s. Oh, oh no, I think that was later in September. Big event. Yeah. I, Big event. I know oh, it's a random... Mid-90s. All right. I know the late, the later... In the month of September, Cal's uh, streak yep. ended, but this That's might it. have been when he broke it. This is when he tied. Today is the anniversary of when he tied, obviously, okay. Lou Gehrig's record. And that brings me to my next question. Do you think anybody ever stands a chance of breaking that record? I don't want to say ever, but the way that the, the, way that the game is played now, no. Nobody's even going to come close. Do we even see a, a player play all 162 games anymore? Because to break that record, obviously you're playing 162 a year. And for 10 years, that's only 1,620. Yeah. Yeah. So Not you're happening. looking at like, <laughs> what, 14 years straight every day? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not going to happen right now. No. Definitely, and, only, and the way it's trending, to your point, it's it's getting worse. Where load management, rest periods, days off, and stuff. An Iron Man today is a guy that plays 150 games. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't I don't see that. That's another record. There's gonna be a lot of records that ain't gonna be broke for a very long I time. I see more the career, not compiling, but the career numbers. I don't see. No broken anytime soon. No, something you I might get so. a. If you told me somebody broke DiMaggio's fifty-six game streak, I could see that. 
Yeah, especially now with no... With it's amazing. Streak, but I could see that. Yeah, that's a possibility. It Single is. season records, I could see. But the, the career... No, yeah, career numbers, numbers are, going are not getting touched. And I, I, I looked it up as we were talking, the Zach Gallon trade, right? Because I, I remember hearing about it earlier. He was part of the... Uh, he was originally on St. Louis, and they traded him to Miami for Marcel Ozuna. And you know who else he was traded with? Um, probably heard of it pretty recently because I, I heard it recently. Not sure. Sandy Alcan Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah, that's um interesting trade. Two other guys though too went went to uh, two others. Yeah, a guy named Daniel Castano and Magnus Sierra. Sierra was recently uh, DFA. He was supposed to be. A, he was a top prospect too. Wow, for Marcel Ozuna. But then Miami ends up trading him to Arizona for another All Star. So that one kind of that was a much better. Yeah. So Miami Mm. traded him to Arizona for. Ooh. He's an All Star, so that that gives you a hint who it is. (laughs) There's not many All Stars on Florida on the Marlins. Excuse me. The All Star on the Marlins this year? Yeah, I think it's this year. Oh, Jazz Chisholm. Yep. So that's not a bad trade. No. <laughs> that's not bad. I, I like Jazz is a really good player. So uh, he's great for the game. He's an electric yeah. player. He's got the personality too. It's, yeah. I like that trade. That one I like. The other one I always like trades that are either that are, you know, you got to give something to get something. So it's like Yeah, that one worked out for both, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah. So I'm great. looking up right now. Uh, every year the All Star team, and with the Yankees, it is. I know we mentioned it last week when we did the Red Sox with the trivia. I, I don't. I'm trying to look for a question, and the problem is I have so many. But I'll just do this one. The first All Star game. I know this is going back way before our time, right? But they with were- the Yankees, I didn't know where to. I'm not going to be like. You know, the 1951 game. So I'll just say the first one. Do you think you could list? There were one, two, three, four, five, six players <laughs> as a Yankee on the first All Star game. And what year was it? 50. What'd you no, say? this was 1933. Ugh. Yeah, but some of them are like, some of them, of course, you're not going to get. But right. There's Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, right? Yep. Um, Tony Lazari. One pitcher. Uh, Tony Lazari. Tony Lazari is the second baseman. So you got the first baseman, second baseman, and the right fielder. There's a pitcher, a catcher, and an outfielder. And I will not hold it against you because I've never heard of this outfielder. Uh, Bill Dickey, catcher? Yep. Um, Outfielder, yeah. (laughs) Probably not going to get him either. Pitcher is um, it wasn't Whitey. Who was before a Whitey? Distinct, <clears throat> a distinct first name. Yeah. Um. Oh, I know it too. Oh man. I I when you say it, I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right. That's it. Lefty Gomez. Yes. Oh, I, I was going to say that, but I'm like, wasn't he on Boston? 
and yep. And the outfielder had me for a loop. The other outfielder, Ben Chapman. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Three three straight years in All Star. Wow. But yeah, no, that was impressive getting all those names. But I mean, there were. I lost count, but there was one year in the fifties where the Yankees had ten All Stars. That's amazing. On the team. Yeah, Chapman, seven years with the Yankees, 305 average, 60 home runs, 589 RBIs. Yeah, in 19. Good, solid player. He was a good player. He was just way back. Yeah. But I think it was 1959. He had two, four, six, seven, eight, nine players in the All-Star game. That's incredible. So... I mean, we, I, to me, the all-star game is getting back to what it used to be. I'm starting to like it more, starting to warm up to the idea of the all-star game, but it's, it's never going to be, I'm just, because I'm looking at these names, it's like Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle, Bobby Richardson, Roger Maris. I mean, you just got guys there for a decade. And I think we mentioned that with Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Just every year. Whenever. Every every single year. Yogi Berra, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I mean, that's a pretty good start. It's just incredible. Do you th- one last question on the All-Star? Has there ever been a year where there uh where there was only one all-star? as a Yankee. Wow. Well, you're asking me about... And there's been multiple, but do you think... Just try to think of any year there's only been... Oh, my God. That's hard. I can't think... If you give me the years, maybe I could guess the player. There you go. There's been four times that this has happened, other than the COVID year and one of the uh, World War years that they didn't have a game. It only happened four times. 1972. Uh, Bobby Mercer. There you go. Wow. And then 1990, 91, and 92. All right. As nice. the team got built up with the core being, you know, with Bernie and all them being prospects and coming up. Yeah. But in 90, 91, 92, it was one guy on each team for each year, and they were all different players. Was one of them Mattingly those three years? No. Um, 90, 91, 92. They are uh, two two players and one pitcher. Was the pitcher a relief pitcher? To be honest with you, I have never heard of this guy. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't it's Steve. Not like, it's not like Jimmy Key. Right. It's not Steve Farr. So no. I remember he was a closer there for a little while. I'm just trying to think. Early '90s, uh, not Rasmussen, right? Not Dennis Rasmussen. No. Um, 1990 was a position player. 91 was a pitcher. 92 was a position player. Hmm. And none of them were. Roberto um, Kelly was Kelly one of them? Yes, I was trying to get to like a hint for Roberto Kelly. Okay. None of them were on the teams that won the dynasty teams later right. on in that decade. 
not Stanley. I don't think he was there, right? Mike Stanley? No. no. I think early 90s, man, that's hard. You got a middle infielder and a pitcher. Oh, Steve Sachs? There you go. That was 1990. And 91 uh, is... You said the pitcher, right? Right now. Is trying to think, trying to give a hint. Um, unfortunately, recently passed away. Um, he he had a good career, you know. He was a starter. He was a yes. Excuse me. He was a starter. He was a starter for the Yankees that year. He was a two-year Yankee, so it's not like he was a mainstay. Most mostly in the National League, kind of hung on at the end, but that was his only All Star game. So not it's, Perez, it's very... not Perez, right? Nope. Um, early nineties pitcher. It's weird. I, I never heard of this guy, and he had a. I mean, his his WAR was like twenty seven. Well, what other teams was he on? Montreal and Chicago Cubs. And then a couple of American League teams at the end of his career. But he was towards the he was like in his mid thirties when he was a Yankee. Oh man. Oh uh no. No. Not trout, right? Not no, you would have said. No. Um oh man, early nineties. I'm trying to give another hint, but it's hard. Honestly, yeah, that, that should be enough. Remember. That should be enough. I can't no, you, you better give it to me. Scott Sanderson. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember I him? I do. Yep. Yeah, he, he was had, solid. He had a pretty good career. I mean, for a guy that never won more than 17 games in a year. Yeah. I mean, he had like a three something year, right? Wasn't yeah. So it was just it's just interesting because you see Derek Jeter, you see Mickey Mantle, all these names. And then some years I see Starling Castro. No offense to Starlin Castro, but right, not Mickey Mantle. No, definitely not. I, mean, I, saw, I saw I saw nineteen the early nineties, and I said, "Who the heck is Scott Sanderson?" So, another beautiful thing about baseball is you learn something new every time you talk about it. Yeah, so I had no idea who he was. Yeah, that was, the, that was a good one. Yeah, and for the week ahead. We've got that was episode 62. But for the week ahead, the Red Sox are playing on the road against divisional opponents. The Yankees are playing against Tampa at the end of the week. Yeah, we got Minnesota for Minnesota four. and Tampa. Yeah, so it's a seven game homestand before we go to you guys uh, yep. next week. And then Milwaukee, that's going to be an interesting series. I yeah, think. I think we play each other six more games in the season. Uh, and, yeah. And real quick, it's it's going by real quick because I think there's five full weeks of regular season baseball left. Yeah, I think we got less than 30 games left, right? There's yeah. 20-ish games. Yep. We're at 80 and 54. So this time next month will be the final regular season game. And then the expanded playoffs, hopefully, maybe we'll see a game 163 this year. But that's well off into the future. But for now, that was episode 62 of Talking Rivals. Uh, you can find Chris covering the Yankees at CP7NY. 
Uh, you can find me, Patrick, covering the Red Sox, at Patrick Trotty. We talk both teams and all of baseball at Talking Rivals, TalkingRivals.com, SportsWire, thanks to Tom Bryce, um, and wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all the all the places. And uh, we'll be on next Monday with episode 63. And until then, enjoy the games. Take care, guys.